Well, after a brief is is several weeks a brief hiatus? I'm I not, don't know. It feels like it was more than brief. Yeah, a uh, long hiatus. After a long hiatus, uh, the Grow People podcast is back with Pastor Jason, lead pastor of Revolution Church. Say hi. Back in oh hi hi. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say back in black. Okay, but we're back in blue. We are um, match it match. If you're if you're watching on the YouTube, uh, we are wearing the same shirt. Um, on the YouTube? On, that's the, right. yeah. on the YouTube. <laughs> if you're at the Walmart and you're watching on the YouTube, uh, my on name your, is, the iPhone. <laughs> my name is David Stein. I'm the campus pastor at our Canton location of Revolution. Purpose of the Grow People podcast, and I know you missed this part, having not listened in the last couple of weeks. Purpose of the Grow People podcast is to... Grow people. Grow people. Now, it's not that they haven't listened. Yeah, they probably are catching up. Well, I'm saying like... We didn't have anything for them to listen to. Well, that is true. Um, <laughs> so, is, so hopefully you, you were unable to listen over oh, the last month. I'm sure you haven't listened to any other podcasts while we've been gone. So, uh, I hope they have. No. Um, there, there's other, there are other podcasts. That's what I hear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there yeah. are other places where you can learn and grow. Uh, but we're back, and uh, we would like to share a few things with you, including uh, Easter, because yeah. it is uh, Easter week. Uh, Passion Week, uh, but the reason that we were not here the last few weeks recording, uh, Pastor Jason uh, has shared this with the congregation, um, that his sister Mary uh, was diagnosed with cancer, and so many, thousands of people have been praying for Mary, praying mm-hmm. for your family, so we would love an update. Yeah, and I, I am, um, thank you for saying that, but I am sorry that we weren't we didn't record because it did happen, you know, quite quickly. And so we've, I found out on a Sunday evening that my sister had fell and she couldn't walk. Um, and then it very quickly went from, you know, we just thought it was like a pinched nerve kind of thing to she has breast cancer that had metastasized around her spine. And so that Sunday I booked a flight left on Monday and we were supposed to record that Tuesday. Um, so we missed that. And then two weeks ago, I was in school, so we missed that. So it, it has been way too long um, that we've been on here because I, I miss it. We enjoy this mm-hmm. uh, so much. But yeah, thank you to everybody f- as a part of our church has been praying. Um, it has been a very, very emotional thing and very uh, – my sister's only two years older than me, so she's 45. And it, it has just been a very traumatic experience because, again, it went from like she was just having back pain – to she has metastasized breast cancer, you know, so she had major surgery, removing some of the tumor and that went well to release pressure off of her spine. And now she start like she, and she's been rehabbing for the last several weeks and now she will start actual cancer treatment. And so she starts this week getting her chemo and radiation and all that stuff. And so um, that is the biggest prayer, you know, now is, actually, you know, shrinking the tumor and, you know, just having a good rep- We We haven't heard yet as far as like how far stages or anything like that. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming we'll find that out this week mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of reassess and, you know, see what, how things look. So she still can't walk again. She's getting feeling back in her legs, but the doctor said that really until they can hopefully shrink the tumor, mm-hmm. Um, that she probably won't be able to walk. And so that's the goal now, shrink the tumor, deal with the cancer, and then, you know, continue to rehab and 
hopefully be able to walk again. So as your sister's little brother, but obviously having a leadership role in your family, yeah. how have you been able to handle that? Oh man, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, you and I were talking about that some yesterday. Um, yeah, I'm the youngest of three and, but also the, like the only one that moved away and I was the first one to leave my house, even though I was the youngest. Um, and so my brother and sister, you know, were local, my dad's still there. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of have an outside perspective, number one, just cause I'm not there, but then two, yeah, I, um, I've had different life experiences than them, you know, leadership wise. And so it's been a very tough thing and, and really just trying to support my dad, mm -hmm. you know, cause he is, and my sister's married and, and her husband obviously has been great and helping through that. But my dad is just such a large figure, like not only <laughs> physically mm -hmm. large, but even in the life of my sister, like my, she, he is just my sister's, you know, hero. And so she leans a lot on him. Mm -hmm. um, and so therefore I kind of feel like it's my job to help keep him propped up, mm -hmm. yep. which has really kind of been my role in my, my parents' life from day one, mm -hmm. you know, that's uh, even before I was a pastor, they would like, they would, my mom would come talk to me about their marriage. My dad would come talk to me about their <laughs> marriage. And then I would help reconcile them, <laughs> which was super weird. Uh, and they know that but, now, but prophetic, but prophetic. Yeah. I mean, the, one of the scariest days in my life, I was 17 years old and my parents were fighting. And again, my dad is a very, a very, uh, large man. And he, um, before he met Jesus, he was a very scary guy. Um, but they were fighting about something and I told them like, we were not leaving until they finished this argument. And my dad you know, confronted me, but I stood up to him. Um, and that was like the very first time I ever stood up to wow. him. Wow. But then he thanked me later mm -hmm. again. And we have a great relationship, especially since my mom died. But I, I say that to say, it's like, he's my dad, but he's also, you know, my friend and he leans on me a lot. Mm -hmm. And like, he tries to be strong for them. And then I try to be strong for him, you know? So there's some relational dynamics there to try to navigate. Um, but that's the part that's the toughest. Well, of, of course, I only know your dad in, in the last seven years yeah. and he is one of the sweetest, gentlest men. Uh, yeah. He's a uh, different guy now I've ever met yeah. and an absolute gem. And what I love about revolution church is we're not chock full of people that just say, Oh, we'll be praying for you. Yeah. Uh, we are chock full of prayer warriors. Yeah. So our prayer team and thousands of people in our church have been praying uh, diligently uh, for Mary's healing. And, and, and I can feel that Mary knows that. And I tell her that, and it, that has meant a lot, you know, to her, to my family. In fact, I, I got a card this week from a lady in our church that has cancer herself. Mm. And I hadn't even told you this. Uh, I don't even think I've told Lindsay this, um, but she has cancer. And then God just kind of gave her a ministry where she makes special like handmade cards. And she sent me one with a really long note, super sweet and nice. And then asked if she could send my sister one. Mm. And so I haven't called her and, and told her, but yeah, just things like that, that have been mm -hmm. so special from people in their own ways, whether it's praying for us, for her, 
and, you know, reaching out to me, seeing how I'm doing, giving gift cards, you know, like Lindsay was even asking me the other day, she's like, does, is there DoorDash in El Dorado? Cause it is South Arkansas. There's not a lot <laughs> there. And so I literally looked up, like if there's DoorDash, there is DoorDash in El Dorado. And she said, um, because so many people have been asking me, what can I do? And so I'm just going to tell them to give DoorDash. And so we looked it up and, you know, have to have some fun, but I said, yes, there's DoorDash, but there's literally only Taco Bell, McDonald's, Burger King. Like that's the <laughs> only kind of restaurants that are in El Dorado. <laughs> Nothing that's really good. So I was like, let's not go with DoorDash gift cards. Let's try to do maybe Walmart or something, you know? I, uh, I don't know, Chandler. Uh, crunch wrap sounds pretty good right now, doesn't it? Crunch wrap with a Baja Blast. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. That's just its nickname. Yeah. <laughs> That's its nickname or Chandler's? No, the, the Crunch Wrap. Uh, okay. <laughs> you'll, you'll get it on the way home, folks. Okay. Okay. Um, well, it's a, it is a joy to, to continue to pray for Mary, and thank you, church, for, for doing that and continuing to support uh, Pastor Jason and his family. Yes, thank you very uh, But that's much. why we have not recorded over the last uh, few weeks. But this week, uh, although it is a busy week in the life of a church, and historically, you know, Easter week, we had gatherings. Uh, there's a lot of activity. There's the preparation for the message. Mm -hmm. There's the uh, rehearsal for uh, our worship teams. But um, it is an exciting week, and I remember my first Easter, which would have been uh, 2007, mm. and uh, I walked into my first Easter Sunday gathering at a church, and it was something that I, I will never forget, and I cannot describe the joy mm. that I felt walking in there, worshiping my risen Savior that mm. I didn't know a year ago. Yeah. And so uh, when we open our doors uh, in Canton on Thursday night and on Saturday night and in Jasper on Sunday and in Canton on Sunday, my prayer is that there would be people who have either recently encountered Jesus, and this is their first Easter, yeah. uh, have never encountered Jesus, and through your preaching will hear the gospel and respond to the gospel or be reminded of the gospel and what Jesus did to um, to save us. Absolutely. So as we're talking through the preparation, let's talk about why. Yeah, Easter in um, is such a cultural thing. And it's like Christmas. You know, there's so many people that celebrate it, but not, but just tangentially, you know. Did you notice that we have little tiny water bottles today? Yeah. We, I'm sorry. To, yeah, I, no, I know we're fine. getting into Easter. But. I mean, I was going to talk about Jesus and the resurrection, <laughs> but we can talk about tiny water bottles, um, sure. Yeah. Uh, I guess in the high For those that are <laughs> not watching. Yeah. We used to have the whole, these awesome mugs that had the logo of the show on it, but I guess in the hiatus. Chandler, did you sell them on eBay? Yeah, we had to we had to keep things afloat while you guys were gone. So. Yeah, that's right. Okay, we lost some ad sponsors. All right, so we got little eight ounce bottles of water. Is that eight ounces or six? Uh, it's not a lot. Yeah, I don't know. It's about two sips. <laughs> Continue the resurrection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how do I go? How do I transition? I, back I don't to know. That? I don't know. Um, I uh, you're like the. I had a squirrel moment. Yeah, a squirrel. There you go. Um, yeah, Easter is um, culturally significant in America. You know, it is something that people are aware of, but so many times we just treat it like it's another, like, you know, St. Patrick's Day mm -hmm. kind of thing. But to your point, 
that because uh, we have a you know similar upbringings, but then completely different. Similar in that we didn't grow up in church, right. you know, and so we we remember what it was like before Easter, mm-hmm. you know, before the reality of that. And I think, especially here in the South, it's important for us. And we were actually talking about this in our all staff today, how important it is to remind ourselves that our entire faith is hinged, is, you know, hinges upon Easter, yes. that everything that we believe comes down to the events of this week. Um, so without Easter, without, you know, the cross and the empty tomb, we have nothing, Hmm. you know, in our faith. Um, Our entire faith is built upon this one moment. Um, And you can't understand Christianity um, or faith in Jesus without it. And and really, and, and this is the part that I think, especially like I said, those of that just didn't grow up in church that was so attractive to it is even in churches, a lot of times we can focus on the fact that Jesus died on the, it's always, he died for your sins. He right. died for your sins. He died for your sins, which obviously is true. And we should say that, right. but it's only half of it. That's right. Um, it's not just that he died for our sins because without the resurrection, without him coming back to life, then the payment for sins was, we didn't know if it was complete, mm-hmm. like we would have been guessing and it's like, well, yeah, he died for me, but I hope God, you know, I hope yeah. it worked. Right. I hoped, um, that, that it went through, you know, to use a banking account term. Like I hope the check cleared, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I know people don't use checks much anymore, but, um, I'm still writing 57, 75 on it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Yeah. It's funny. It was it was funny in my head. It didn't come out as funny as I thought it was going to be. Was that a joke from from yeah an old movie or something? Should no, I? no. It's 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 the year fifty seven seventy nine in on the Hebrew calendar or something like that. No, it's 50, oh. no, it's fifty seven eighty. Oh, okay. But you know how you used to write the previous year's date on yeah. your checks? Yeah, yeah. So let's move on. Yeah. So yeah. You, it's it's like you were saying twenty twenty one. Yes. But you were going with the Hebrew calendar. Yes. I got you now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Chandler, <laughs> you, you were laughing, weren't you? Uh, I'll be honest. That was a highbrow joke that I I was not following. Okay. Yeah, okay. highbrow, very highbrow. <laughs> How would you say highbrow? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to mispronounce <laughs> words mis- today. <laughs> it's not that you would mispronounce them. You would just uh, I, pr- I pronounce them correctly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. There you go. Where were we? Uh, oh yeah, talking about Easter. Um, so without the resurrection, you know, without the return of Christ, mm-hmm. then we have nothing. You know, and, and Paul says in First Corinthians 15, if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, then we um, must, we above most everybody else should That's be right. pitied. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have nothing. But then he says, you know, but since he did raise from the dead, then he's the first fruits. Mm-hmm. And so basically, since he rose from the dead, so will we. Mm-hmm. And that's the argument yes. that Paul makes. And I think a lot of times you know, when it comes to Christians and, and, and not just the South and it's less and less. So now obviously as culture has changed, but we can just kind of think culturally as Christians. And even though this last couple of years has been very divisive mm-hmm. and people have, 
you know, moved into um, kind of corners politically and even theologically, a lot of that, like if you look at a lot of the research, a lot of that, it was just cultural Christians that really weren't on a side, um, but now they've been forced to pick a side and they didn't go the biblical side. They went the other side. Right. And I think the reason because is because it was like, oh yeah, being culturally Christian was like, yeah, Jesus is a good guy. I need to be a good guy, good lady. You know, I need to live my life kind of morally well. But Paul says, if that's all Christianity is, if, if all we hope for in this is all we have hope for is just this life and not the next, then we've got nothing. Yeah, you told a story in our all staff today that actually I had a visceral reaction to uh, when you were talking about a pastor friend of yours who was yeah. talking to another pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago, I he was talking, I think it was in a sermon, but was talking about how, yeah, he he's a pastor in, in East Texas and he was having a conversation with another pastor and the guy said, you know, even if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, you know, um, living like a Christian is still good. You know, it's still a good thing. And he was kind of making the point of like, you know, it's okay if people don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, as long as they still live a good life, mm-hmm. you know, and he was talking about the moral good mm-hmm. that, Christianity does for society because it does obviously have a moral effect, sure. you know, but yeah, then my pastor friend said, no, like right. if, with, without Jesus raising from the dead, we got nothing. There is no good. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that's right. that we can hope in. And so, yeah, that's what I was sharing is that, because especially for us in church world, those of us that are on staff at churches or all of our team members that serve with us, it, it can very easily become just routine. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is a big week. We're having a lot of guests, a lot of people. There's a lot of work we've got to do. We've got six gatherings. We can so easily l- lose the significance of this weekend. And that was what I was trying to say in all staff is like, Hey, don't forget this. Like this is the crux of our entire faith. Mm-hmm. You know, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, we have nothing. We have nothing. Not we still have something. You know, there's still Jesus gave us some things to do, and you know, you still should love your wife and you know, serve, you know, whatever. Um, you should be a good citizen. No, like we without Jesus raising from the dead, we've got nothing. Mm-hmm. We have no hope, no promise, no mo- and no motivation to right. do those things. Right. Um, and that's the, I think the point that can get lost, which is what I was saying, why, especially for those of us that didn't grow up in church, sometimes we are more cognizant of that fact because no one had to convince us that we were sinners, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the sense of like, we didn't have this, we didn't have this kind of moral base. So like, well, yeah, I grew up in church. I'm a good person. Right. For us, it was the opposite of like, no, I'm too bad to be saved. Right. You know, and a lot of people have one of those two experiences. They either think they're too bad and God can't save them, or they think they're too good and they don't need to be saved. Correct. And and that's the part of the gospel that is the equalizer to everyone. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how bad or how good. Right. Um, And I think the longer you're in church, the the easier it is for this message to be lost on you. Mm -hmm. Um. I can see that. That you have just forgotten 
that the greatest thing God could have ever done for you and did do for you is he died in your place for your sins and he rose again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every, every Easter I have an opportunity to talk to my family Mm -hmm. and, you know, I talk about Passover and what Passover really is. Yeah. And, and they've gotten receptive to, to listening to me over the years. Yeah. And, and after our first trip to Israel, you know, I was talking to my mom and I said, mom, you believe the story of Masada, right? You, be, you believe that the Roman army sieged Masada yeah. and that the Jewish people that had left Jerusalem were on top of Masada and they, uh, they wound up uh, actually taking their own lives rather than come under the oppression of the Roman Empire again. And she said, yeah, I, I believe that. And I said, you know, there's only one account of that, hmm. a guy by the name of Josephus. Hmm that wrote that story, yeah. but you have believed it and you've told your grandchildren about it yeah. all these years. Yeah. Well, do you know how many accounts and witnesses there are to Jesus's resurrection? Mm-hmm. And she said, no, I said about 500. Yeah. She, well, you, you people wrote that. <laughs> uh, I said, well, you can't have both. Actually the same guy wrote about it too. Yeah. Josephus. Did. Yes. Flavius, uh, Flavius Josephus yeah. is his name. Uh, I said, mom, you can't have both. So yeah. Um, so th- there is that where somebody who does not, uh, know Jesus now, yeah. um, often will say that as a rebuttal. How, how do you know? Yeah. And that is the most amazing thing about it. And I'm glad you actually mentioned that because we didn't talk about that earlier, but this is a great place to talk about that, that the physical resurrection of Jesus is a historical fact. That's right. It's not a myth. And we have, by the same standards with which we judge historical events, we apply the same to Christianity, you know, and we have more physical evidence to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus than any other historical event, Um, because there was more written about it by more people. And I was joking about Josephus, because he was, and he wasn't even a Christian. He was a Jewish historian that wrote about those events. And he wrote about it as well. Like he couldn't even deny right. the resurrection of Christ and what happened during that time. And one of my, or my first college roommate who was the best man at my wedding, his name was Joe. And so I always called him Flavius because like <laughs> his name was Joe. And so uh, Flavius Josephus. And so that was always my nickname for him because Josephus is one of the great not biblical historians, but he is one of the great historians of the world who happened to be writing during that time. And so therefore he did, he did write about some biblical events, one of which was Jesus. And again, yeah, it, it is, it's not even like you can't deny historically that this happened. You just can't. Right. Um, because there's way too much evidence. And again, I think that is the crux. That's why I think Easter is so good, not only, um, sorry, not only for unbelievers to know, but for believers to be reminded about is we, and I, we actually talked about this a few weeks ago, and I don't know if we've done a podcast since I talked about the blind man. Um, and maybe we did, it, it all kind of runs together, but the point I made in the message then and Lindsay and I were actually talking about this last week, the whole idea of blind faith, mm-hmm. you know, I've Lindsay and I had our 20 year anniversary 
uh, this January was 20 years, but we just celebrated on a trip last week. And I was reading a um, biography of R.C. Sproul, and I'm almost done with it. And I love reading biographies, and I like reading biographies on vacation Mm -hmm. because it's entertaining, but it's historical. You know what I mean? But it's not like a leadership book or something I have to think about. It's really, it's like a movie, Mm -hmm. you know? And one of the things he always talked about, which I appreciated, was that concept of blind faith, which is where I was going with the blind man, is as Christians, we don't have blind faith, um, as if to say we we believe it without evidence. And the point that I made in that message is we don't have blind faith, but we are called to have faith while being blind. Yes. Like, we're blind in the sense that we can't see, but then God opens our eyes. So it's not blind faith. It's believing while blind. It's a difference because blind faith kind of connotes, well, I'm believing this against evidence, right? I can't see it. Mm-hmm. It's not there. And so it's the idea of like, you know, Indiana Jones walking out across the, yeah. the, the Gulf. He can't see it. And he's got to have faith. He won't, he won't see it until he believes it. Um, and I think while that is true in a sense of like, we can't see that Jesus in front of us, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of times we can take it too far and act as though our entire faith is blind. It's not our, it's not blind faith. Um, it is a faith that is built upon evidence. Um, and that evidence is historically provable. So therefore, you can't question whether or not it happened. You can't question whether or not it's true. It's just, do you believe it? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think as Christians, that's what's important for us to remember is that our faith is built upon not blindly that Jesus rose from the dead, but factually. Yes. No, he did raise from the dead. Yeah, he did. And since he did, my faith in him is based upon evidence. Like faith doesn't mean I believe in absence of evidence. And again, people will quote Hebrews, it's evidence of things unseen, which is true in the sense, again, Jesus is not standing in front of me, but yet I'm believing him, but it's not blind in the sense that he was never here. He never existed and he never rose again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's right. It was historical, factual events that took place. Um, And so therefore Christianity against every other world religion that ever has existed or ever will exist has more evidence and more reasons to believe than anything else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, it's amazing uh, that there is opposition to that. Yeah. uh, With the amount of evidence that there is, you know, it reminds me that that first year that uh, I was a believer, I didn't know there was, uh, you know, Christian language that I had to learn. Yeah. Uh, and, and on Easter Sunday, people were coming up to me going, he is risen. Yeah. And, and my, my response was, yeah, he is. Yeah. In fact, your wife, Leanna, I don't know if she told you, but this last week we were sitting with Lindsay and I were sitting with her during the nine 30 in Canton when Chad, when pastor Chad was preaching and she was joking about that because <laughs> you made a comment, uh, I think during the welcome. Yeah. During the hosting, the first hosting, you said he is risen and you wanted people to say, indeed, indeed. like he's risen yeah. indeed. 
And Leanna told, leaned over and said, well, when you first heard that, you were like, they were like, he is risen. You're like, yeah, he is. <laughs> which is, a, which is also a great response. It's a great, great response. <laughs> but it was just funny that, yeah, since you didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so going into this week, I know you haven't preached in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I, I, you said yesterday how that, that makes you feel alive yeah. when you do preach. What are you most excited about? I think I'm, again, I'm most excited. I mean, we're talking about Lazarus and so we're in John 11 and we've spent two weeks in it. I did a week, uh, pastor Chad did a week. And so this is the week where Jesus actually raises Lazarus and, and says to him, Lazarus come out. Um, and I think the thing that I'm the most excited about is people actually experiencing that call you know, people actually experiencing Jesus say to them, you know, like he said to me and said to you, you know, Jason, come out. You know, mm-hmm. when I got saved and when you got saved and when anybody gets saved, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. In the same exact way, uh, you know, the Bible, and I've mentioned this before in sermons and I think here on the podcast, but all of the Bible is the the theological concept of types or typology is the word. And I've mentioned it before shadows and those kinds of things. So everything that happens, not ever, I shouldn't say everything, but a lot of things in the Bible that especially old Testament were typologies to Jesus showing that Jesus is the greater Adam. He's Mm -hmm. the greater Moses. He's the greater. So all those were prefigures of Christ. Well, in the same way, that the Old Testament typology was pointing to Jesus. Now there's kind of a new typology in the sense, and I'm not trying to be sound heretical here, but what Jesus did with Lazarus was also a type mm-hmm. of, and this is really the argument that Paul makes in Corinthians when he calls Jesus the first fruits. He says he was, you know, what Jesus did with Lazarus, he is now going to do with us because of what Jesus did, you know? So when it says that, um, you know, when, when, and Chad talked about this, when Jesus says to Martha or Mary, I can't remember which one, I am the resurrection. And I had this thought while Chad was preaching, like, because Jesus is the resurrection, if Jesus says my name and come out, I will be resurrected because he is resurrection. So if Jesus, by the name of Jesus, if my name is said or David is said or Sam is said or Lindsay is said or Chandler, whoever, if Jesus says your name because of who he is and by the authority of his name, if he says your name, you'll be risen again. Wow. And so that's the thing that I'm the most excited about is Jesus saying people's names. Hallelujah. This week and calling them out of death into life. Oh man. Um, and yeah, I don't know if, if that is not what drives any pastor or Christian, I don't know what does. Yeah. That, no, that's, that's incredible. Um, and, and just to think that there will be people coming to churches all over Cherokee County, all over Pickens County, all over the state, mm-hmm. all over this country, all over this world mm-hmm. that are going to go to their family celebration. Yeah transformed absolutely they're going to walk into a church not knowing the savior yeah and they're going to walk out and go to a ham dinner or <laughs> or eat a chocolate rabbit and we could eat him <laughs> yeah and, and 
and they're they're going to have a completely different life. Their eternal life starts at that moment. Absolutely. Yeah, they are new. You know, they are um they have been transformed from death to life because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that it just gets lost on us um so much mm-hmm. that um especially you know, for those that sadly have been in church for a long time, but the best way to think about it is, you know, the Bible talks about being born again. Well, what family doesn't get excited when there's a new baby born? Well, in the same way, churches should get excited when a new Christian is born. Yes. Yes. And that's what amazes me, like to the point of what you just said, as families and then as the family of God, i.e. the church, local and global, we should be so excited that this weekend there's going to be new newborns. Yes. There's yeah. going to be new people born again. Yeah. And that celebration, uh, because I, I think you hit it perfectly, and maybe the word is complacency. Right? Yeah. Like when somebody gets saved at church, it's almost like, oh, well, that's where it's supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. So you know, somebody raised their hand. Yeah. Uh, but no, 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 no. <laughs> that That is a new life. That person yes. was reborn. If yeah. If... 10 people or 15 people or 100 people got saved at Walmart today, mm-hmm. it would be all over Facebook. Yeah. And and people would go in bananas. Yeah. And it would make all national news. But when it happens in the church, it's like, well, that's where it's supposed to happen. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it's, it is a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. And sadly, it, it doesn't even happen in church a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it's true. Because churches, they just, again, forget the the message either the message that they have or they haven't updated their methods in quite some time to actually try to reach people you know um but yeah we should celebrate that yeah we should celebrate the heck out of that yeah it's good news it has to be delivered and then it has to be celebrated yeah yeah no that's awesome um if you have been praying for the three names or the three families that we've asked you to pray for uh, over the last few weeks, keep praying, keep inviting. Uh, we're praying for boldness for you to have boldness Absolutely. Uh, to invite people. I've talked to so many uh, people in our church that have already invited, already have commitments of people who they're going to bring to church. That's awesome. Because all we want to do is put them in the atmosphere, Absolutely. put them in the environment where they're going to hear the truth of who Jesus is. Yeah, it doesn't like kind of do your point. You're on the flip side that you were making. It's not like it only has to happen in church. Right. You know, we do want people to go out in yes. the in the community and bless, mm-hmm. you know, their neighbors and live on mission and share their faith a 100%. But we also want to leverage opportunities yes. like this, mm-hmm. like Easter, Christmas, mm-hmm. Mother's Day, other days, you know, the January and August are always big because that's when school goes back and people are more you know, into um, coming to church. And obviously Easter, especially in the South, is the biggest attended weekend of the year. And so, yes, it's not like church is the only place. Yeah, Paul um, Paul didn't say he was eager, under obligation, and unashamed to invite people to church. No, no. <laughs> he said he was all those things to share the gospel. Yes. So we want both to happen. Yeah. We want people to share their faith. And then we also want people to leverage opportunities like Easter to invite people mm-hmm. to an experience with the body of Christ and celebrate the message of Easter. Um, and yeah, we want people to be saved. Well, that has uh, that has to happen um, 
with the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, but uh, again, if people don't hear the gospel, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're not going to have that transformed life. No. So uh, invite people. Come on uh, Thursday night at seven o'clock in Canton. And if you're hearing this next week, you've already been to an Easter yeah, gathering. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then there are two gatherings on Saturday, four thirty and six fifteen, or four fifteen and six thirty. It's one of those. Just show up early. Yeah. And uh, I think it's four thirty, six fifteen. And then on Sunday, eight o'clock, nine thirty, and eleven fifteen at both of our locations in Jasper and in Canton. Three well, and online. And on oh, three online, three yes. online on Sunday. Yes. So there's a lot of opportunities to hear about 12 Jesus. total gatherings. Yes. Yep. Welcome back. Thank um, you. Thank you for resting well. Um, that That's valuable to us. Um, and we encourage uh, people all the time to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you're not taking care of yourself, um, how are you going to care for others? Yeah. Uh, so thank you for resting well. Um, also, uh, next time on the podcast, we'll talk a little bit about something that we can celebrate very quickly here at the end, that the church has been named uh, Partner of the Year by the Cherokee County School District. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about that. We'll talk about our life on mission opportunities mm-hmm. coming up this summer. We'll talk a little bit about mission camp. And you know, if we were really good pastors, we would have... We would have gone out and bought that $25,000 hamburger at Truist Park. What? Oh, you haven't heard about that? No, I haven't heard about this. Yeah, and we would have presented this to Chandler. Oh, wow. Because it comes with a World Series ring. Oh, it does. Yes. Sorry, Chandler. And and Chandler, uh, unbeknownst to many, uh, I did not see you in the MVP balloting, but you were responsible for uh, the Braves winning the World Series. Uh, I do like to think so. I was I was in the battery. Couldn't even make it in the game, but I was doing my part out there. Yeah, he, he's a big fan. Yeah, there's a there's a hundred and fifty one dollar burger they're selling at Truist Park. Really? Yeah. But if you spend twenty five thousand, you get an actual World Series ring. Wow. Yeah. Those are some nice rings that they yeah, just came out with. Yeah. A lot of bling on that. There, there is. Yeah. Uh, I love that it, there were seven hundred and fifty five diamonds re- yeah. representing you know Hank Aaron. Uh, were there forty-four rubies or something representing forty-four? Uh, not no. There were there were fourteen rubies representing the home runs that were hit oh, in the okay. World Series, and then um, there was something with forty-four. I can't. Yeah, remember. there was forty-four. Like yeah, something. Yeah, it was a big homage to 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 Hank. Aaron. Yeah, yeah, and there was pearls in this one. Yeah, there was yeah so many diamonds and yeah there was a lot and like the it opens up. Like, have you seen that? Like it the does. top of it yeah. opens, like a secret yeah. decoder ring. Yeah, or something. it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're not that good uh, of a pastor to give you that gift, Chandler. Uh, that's fine. I I could do without the foie gras on uh, that burger, anyways. So yeah, not 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 a big fan of duck liver. Can't say that I had it once. <laughs> or is it goose that liver? Was one is foie gras goose, goose uh, liver? Duck. I have it's no duck. idea what you're already even talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is highbrow, Chandler. To use your words. Yeah. All right. Uh, as always, uh, for a transcript of today's podcast, uh, just write down everything we say. <laughs> and as always, we end with the best advice we've ever heard. Trust God. And take a nap. We love y'all. Love you. See you next time.